Yeah, you're born, you're a kid, you go to school. Instead of just focusing in math and thinking what profession you want to be in life, you need to learn how to be a human being. Understanding that you have all this vehicle, all those systems internally, because you learn biology, we learn this, but you don't understand mainly how is the effect of our mind and our emotions over our physical body. And that's the key process that everybody should learn. This is Renato Koch, and welcome to Chapters of My Life podcast. I want you to imagine your past life. <laughs> right, where should I start? Imagine you need to write your life story in form of a book already. It's a challenge, right? It's, it's, uh, frankly, it's not everyone has thought of this. As we always think, when we get older, we should write about our life then. But in fact, we have so many experiences ready to share to others. Achievements, failures to learn from, positive and negative life transitions. And if everyone asks what is actually this Chapters of My Life podcast, it's these kind of stories. It's an inspiring collection of life transitions packed into a podcast audiobook format, capturing the willpower and belief of people during these important life-changing decisions. So we interview innovators, athletes, entrepreneurs, change makers to give an insight into their past life from young age till today, and maybe future untold plans. We're covering topics around sport, entrepreneurship, mindfulness, travel, nutrition, yoga, meditation, and much more. Everything which leads to the present till today. Interviewed by me, Daniel Ludwig, and you can find me on social media at by Daniel Ludwig. All right, everyone listening the last couple of episodes know it already. We have a new website. It's now chaplessofmylife.org. And on this website, you see a nice overview of all the past, now around 15 episodes, 15 talks. And this website will be in the future also transformed into a kind of an inspirational quote list. So you can see it as kind of recorded highlights out of this podcast. I call it quotes, which are great summaries of each long conversations. It's like a summary for everyone to get a brief inspiring and motivational boost by listening to a wall recording throughout the week, or during the commute, or at home, or even during sports. It's definitely worth checking out the website and also our new social media links. When I first met Renato a few months ago, together with Anna, his co-founder of Awakening Prima, I felt this inner peace, calmness, and this feeling of slowing down for the daily hustle and stressful life we all have. Great having Renato Koch on this podcast episode. Renato has more than 10 years of experience in practicing and studying the essence of yoga and many healing modalities. But what really put me to hold is his transition from working as executive in a big corporation from over 12 years until 2016, when he decided to follow his bigger passion, to raise awareness about true nature by empowering and inspiring people into the self-inquiry, awakening to the power that lies within us, behind the mind, thoughts, emotions, and ego, and how to apply it in the day-to-day -day life. Renato chooses six chapters in his Chapters of My Life podcast book. All right, let's talk the walk and begin this Chapters of My Life podcast with Renato Koch. Enjoy the talk. So here we are. <laughs> Thank you, Renato, for taking the time. Thank you. In your beautiful 
wonderful studio. Um, I have to say, it's not just looks amazing, it feels very, very peaceful every time I'm going here. I'm here right, three times so far, but it feels like you feel this peacefulness when you go to, or when I go to your studio. That's amazing. Thank you. It's beautiful that we organize the place the way it is. I think it's the third month only because we changed completely my old furniture and we decided to really start doing our things here. So we're really connecting into our practices and moving the practice to do it all here. Yeah. The very first few seconds where actually I entered, um, you showed me your f new toy. Yes. <laughs> Literally. You, wind, wind? Gong. Wind, wind gong. gong yes. Wind gong. Yeah. What is that exactly? It's one of the instruments that is very ancient as well. It's properly coming from ancient China and from, from Asia. And it was used as, uh, as a therapeutic instrument. And mainly it's becoming very, very popular in the last coming years. So it's one of the tools that we use in our sound healing therapies and group journeys as well. So the sounds, they bring a very deep vibration and this vibration has a power to go within our physical body and allow us to start cleansing emotions, pains, any blockages. Yeah, I think this, you know, the topic of sound healing, um, the very first time I came across this topic was through you. And uh, Anna, the sound healing therapy. And before this, it was a completely, it was a complete new kind of topic. I didn't know what it really is. And you're going to maybe talk a little bit more later throughout yes. the whole podcast. But one thing which really inspired me since I met you, and I think that was like a couple of months ago, back in February, March, through one of the curtains, is this belief in finding peace within yourself. So whenever I talk to you, whenever... I talked to um, Anna as well. I feel this kind of compassion, love being sent over to the other person where you have the conversation with. Where, where do you see um, the biggest struggle in nowadays world, in nowadays very busy environment of not finding this peace for the environment? Because there are so many locations where you literally can get easily lost with your thoughts and you know stress where do you see like is the most need i think the main the main challenge that i see is that we are looking for our happiness and our peace outside we are so stuck in our physical reality believing that our work and everything that we live in the day-to-day -day life is the only truth that we get completely lost on that. And then we are completely lost into the emotions, into the stress, into the tension of the things that we want and things that we cannot have and all the struggles that are coming out of this. The main problem is that we don't understand that there is a much bigger reality. And I think this is the, the challenge of humanity today. There are many concepts of people talking about gods and other religions. But the most important is to understand that there is a bigger source. And we are connected, not only connected, we are this source. We are part of the source and part of the creation. And once we understand that the inner happiness and the peace is coming from within, then we'll be able really to drive all the external things in a much better way. It's very difficult for our mind and our rational mind to grasp it because our rational mind wants to see tangible things. And what I'm talking about, it's an inner connection that brings this inner peace and then it flows to our 
rational mind for us to see life with different eyes and that's the challenge i think this you know rational mind we are living in a world where it's i would not even say stressful it becomes standard already it becomes already a standard or we already accepted the way how we cope at work how we live our daily life you know the stress we have at work it's during commute and everything we accept it as reality already we yes. don't see it necessarily as problem and i saw online that one of the very uh, one very, very very interesting actually um descriptions of how you create peaceful moments and you encourage this also for your talks and for the sessions you had to create daily peaceful moments so what moments did you create today what peaceful moments for yourself did you create today can you walk me through how did you create a peaceful moment today um in a sense, I do it like every morning as a routine yeah. that I create for myself and I really recommend everybody to start doing it. Once you wake up, before you do anything in your life, before you start going with all the schedules and all the crazy activities that everybody has or rushing to just brush the teeth or to have the coffee or to start running in life, take a moment just to connect, to just to relax your mind and before going into any of the activities, bring some harmony, bring some positive thinking about what you're going to do. And you can create your, your, your stillness. It's coming with your intention. It's coming with your positive thinking. And then you can even go through the day-to-day -day and bring a little bit of ease and comfort. Like you are doing many activities, you are having workshops, and then we have expectations of amount of people to come or not. And when I go into the stillness before I go to the day, I bring like everything will be perfect, no matter how many people comes. So I start counting whatever will happen. I don't, in a sense, I don't care, but I put all my positive feelings that whatever comes will be the best. And this already started creating a very happy day. I do a meditation for at least 30 minutes to one hour. I dedicate this time for myself and I created this time for myself as well. I think that everybody can find in the middle of the day a way to do that. And then for the, from there, the day start really moving very easily because you are already in peace with yourself. So if you meet anything that is a person or something that is going against what you want, you will not fight it. You're just accept it and try to deal with the best way possible. So you, you make life easier. Yeah. You mentioned something very interesting that dedicating time for myself actively. Yes. And I usually we, we hear people saying, I don't have enough time for that. I don't have enough time. But actively taking time for yourself not necessarily that it's meditation, something which you feel is important for yourself. Yes, because it's, missing it's, in general. it's like reading a book. It's like cooking, dancing or practicing an activity that brings you joy and harmony. And those activities that can do what? Slow down your mind, slow down your thoughts, slow down the emotions, slow down everything that is going there. And this allows you to come into stillness. Mm. And once you come into stillness, this inner peace starts flourishing from inside. Yeah. And that can happen at any moment. Yeah. Now, if you stop, you can feel it. True. It also comes from the slowliness of you know, the way we talk, you know, that we just really take time for the thoughts we have and how to express them. Yes. It's challenging for people because everybody's in a fast speed. A lot of activities at the same time. Doing all those multitasks, unfortunately, doesn't help people to really create the habit to really come to stillness. And you're thinking all the time about what is going on next. And 
you don't allow your body to rest. It's scientifically proven. You're stressing your whole system. Yeah. So, Renato, I mentioned that before the podcast that, you know, this podcast is not just a Q&A and questions and answers. It's more about knowing who you are. Your past life story, literally, and all the life transitions you went through, maybe ups and downs in life and the struggles, and then all the chapters which lead to the person you are today. You know, the belief that, um, the belief that education what you're trying to give to other people right now and all this literally kind of in a book format so i want you to imagine you're going to a library and imagine you're asking for your own life book what section were you would you look for would it be in the normal autobiography section or would it be in another section if you look for your own Life book. That's interesting. I never thought about this. I think no one really thought about that's this. The, the, that's a moment. There's a moment you really need to think. What would be the section? I, I think yeah. In, in maybe I had. I have many different chapters that can have a little bit of adventure. Um, maybe a few moments of tension in life, but I never had any big tension in life or traumas from childhood. It never happened like that. What can I say? I think I would, I think I would mention that it's something that I want to bring some positive message and really to support people for everybody to be happy. I think. So, would you say it's besides maybe audio biography section, also maybe in a self helping? I, I think it can be connected to to a self help. I think, yes, I think that's the way I can see. I can see the aim of my life uh, is going towards this. I think I was I was hiding myself from my true essence, what I wanted to be, while following career. We can go through all this process as well. Yeah. And now I think from the last two years and every day that is passing, I'm feeling more and more getting stronger into my path, stronger into my life, and every day is becoming better. Yeah. So it could be maybe because you mentioned that right now it becomes more strong and stronger. Um, I'm just thinking about sometimes people, you know, that don't not. Ne don't know necessarily what they, you know, not necessarily the purpose, but what they want to drive for, you know, and that's maybe sometimes their book is in different shelves, in different sections. As more you focus on a specific path, as more this book could end up in a specific section, and you are, you know, very dedicating yourself towards it with all your knowledge, etc., etc. Yes. So, in your case, the self-help is definitely, I mean, I can definitely... It's coming to this. Uh, I would uh, look for it in that section. Yeah, what I was mm -hmm. thinking even lately, what is coming to my mind, that I want to get, maybe write something about a, a human being manual that we need to understand how our structure really works physically in the connection interface to the energetic side. You can call spirit, you can call whatever name you can give it. But today, the mainstream base of the population is not aware that we are physical and we are energy. There are many talks, there are many things around it, but this is still not there. And I would like to really make a way to bring this knowledge to the whole population. Mm. Yeah, because this is not just a belief, this is a fact. Whatever science is being able to prove that is a fact is much stronger than any belief. And, and it's also location independent. I mean, this is knowledge which everyone should know, regardless yeah. of... You know, beyond borders, yeah, nationality like, beyond any kind of nationality, any country, location, it's 
relevant for everyone. Yeah, you're born, you're a kid, you go to school. Instead of just focusing in math and thinking what profession you want to be in life, you need to learn how to be a human being. Understanding that you have all this vehicle, all those systems internally, because you learn biology, we learn this, but you don't understand mainly how is the effect of our mind and our emotions over our physical body. And that's key process that everybody should learn. Yeah. This is for me is the manual like, okay, that's the way it works, my physical body. And if I think positively, I'm activating my body, the health in my body. Mm. If I think negatively, I'm activating exactly the opposite and slowly I'm going to start getting sick. That's true. And this is something that I think it's, it's crucial for the humanity to have as a mainstream knowledge. Mm. That, that book... That life book when I let's say go to the self-help section and grab your book and I open the book you're going to discuss later a little bit about what the title could be or the cover look like yeah. I open the book and usually in the in the first few pages you have a thank you note a thank you page who do you think most in your life so far I think um, there's a little bit of many different teachers I have in my life. Yeah. Definitely, I have a beautiful teacher that is with me today, that is Anna, that we are learning a lot together, how to be better people and be more loving and kind. Uh, definitely, there are very positive lessons, I think, from my parents, uh, from everybody that, in a sense, I deal with or that I live with. I have, like, many lessons that I learned with the my managers in why I was in a corporate life. Even sometimes, maybe they were not giving me the best example, but they gave me the lessons that I needed. So yeah. there is nothing right or wrong because sometimes people just say that I'm, okay, I'm very helpful. I'm very thankful for like the amazing people that were teaching me and giving me things and helping me. But sometimes your enemy was the best helper. And I think I had many challenges with my previous boss before I quit my career. Uh, but I'm seeing him as an amazing teacher that helped me a lot how to become more focused in doing things that that sh I should do. So this helping me a lot. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that usually that, you know, that whatever happens to your life, if, if we see that negative in that moment, it actually has a positive outcome as well. Definitely. Because, we, you know, we're shifting our focus to another area. And maybe that has a purpose that maybe had to happen in order to be at that place where you're supposed to go to yeah. later on as well. Yeah, in my, in my perspective, like, there is nothing random. Everything that has ever happened in my life or in anybody's life, it's happening for a reason. And it's happening for us to learn how to deal better with our emotions, with our thinking, and with our actions. It's as simple as that. Amazing. So everything is a lesson. And yeah. everything is a, you can call, a gift from God. Yeah. yeah. So I... Go to the next page, and I see the table of content. What would I see on the first chapter? What would be the title be of the first chapter of your life book? Is it mm -hmm. about your childhood or where you raised? Or it will be a general topic? Well, I think I would start talking... Um Maybe how was my life, why I was just still pursued in a pursuit of uh, external happiness. Mm -hmm. 
that I can tell that this was kind of end journey uh, two, two years ago when I decided to quit my career. So you're starting actually from the kind of present a couple of years ago? Maybe it can come from before because I can talk from the whole process of university, how I cho choose to go to a certain career, how I started my career and everything that I did in terms of professional life, what bring me to this moment. Uh, Could be from the, very, from the childhood onwards, actually. From the yeah. So if you, if you want to focus from the childhood onwards, the very first two years, um, you were born in Brazil. In Brazil, Brazil yeah. yeah. How do you remember the very first few years in Brazil? Or where exactly were you born in Brazil? I born in Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo. How yeah. were the very first few years for you? Um, Three years of life? In the first few, few years. First few years, yeah. How do you remember these years? Well, in, in a sense, I, ha I have always this perception that for me, the life become more tangible after six. Two six are just kind of dreamy, blurred images. And I have definitely I have no issues about anything that happened during that time. Many people they carry a lot of traumas from that time, so I have no issues. But I have few memories. I just for me it was funny. I remember that one day is like a like a wake up. I was six, and it was like the beginning of the life. Maybe it was the beginning of for me to be fully connected in life. It was very interesting. I have always this impression there was like a starting point of of life. So you woke up at home. Yes. In your in your, in your room. Yes. And that's kind of realization. And I kind of feel, yes, okay, that seemed interesting. It seems that that's, that's, that's the reality. Maybe what I was living till there was something that I was not completely aware. Mainly because I think kids till the age of seven, they're still more into the subconscious mind, still more into what we say, more connected to the spiritual realm than the really physical realm. When you talk about the reincarnation, all these processes, mm. yeah. How... Do you, you grew up with um, siblings? I have one brother. One brother. Yeah, he's older. Yeah. Older. Um, how do, does your brother or your parents remember you in the young age? They remember you as very cheerful person, as a happy person, or as like a quiet, introvert person. How do they remember you? I definitely remember as very happy and always having good grades at school. And probably what people were not seeing that I look quite extroverted when I was young, but for a long period of my life, I was extremely introverted and shy and really kind of I had the fear to really interact and to speak to people. Do you, do, the introvert, um, being introvert also means that you charge your batteries actually by being alone. Did you see at that time more that charging your battery, being more alone because you, you felt not just exposing to to others being more this kind of you know the interest zone but more charging your battery because you and as a kid I don't remember this as having this more reserved yeah I think it was more a process of I was really kind of I was very shy I was very shy it was very difficult for me in an easy way to to approach certain things yeah and what and you remember like let's say from age six plus what were your interests Leisure activities, were you interested in sport, were you, was it also like something in, um, in belief in meditation in, or were, did you attend a few meditation sessions? At that moment, yeah, when I was a, at a young kid, not, my first experience with it started when I was 
around 16, 17. So it was already when I was a teenager. When I was a, when I was a kid, I was not having this. And I was having what we can say that in Brazil is quite normal, that all the kids, they play a lot of football. And then that was my life. Um, Were you good in football? Yes, I was, but I was not like uh, <laughs> Nagy Ronaldo. I was a goalkeeper. Okay. So I always wanted to be the, the striker, but once I was playing at school, I was, I think, seven, eight, and I went to play as a goalkeeper, and I, nobody managed to score. So mm -hmm. then everybody pushed me to continue being a, a goalkeeper. Even I didn't want, but that was my highest skill. Okay. So then from that, I, I started, and, and as a... Before becoming a professional, I played football as a goalkeeper since eight, nine till the age of 19. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to keep as a career, but I decided to, to give up. Till age 19? Till the age 19, yeah. Interesting. I was having like from 16 to 19, I was having a small salary, like a minimum wage salary for playing football. Interesting. Okay. And let's say the, the age six till 10 years old, um, besides playing football, were you interested in specific topics of course this is also the, the age where you know school starts and you may be more interested in specific subjects sports scientific subjects do you remember mm -hmm. you were that you were really interested in specific subjects at the time i think there was more specific like, i always liked something that was interested about planets and galaxies but never really going that deep into studying it but i really like to Whatever came to me, I was reading, but I was not searching by myself because maybe I was, I saw my limitation. I was not able really to get whatever I wanted. It's not like today searching on the internet. And, yeah. yeah. So when we think about this, the age, let's say from age six to, let's say around 10 something, or 10, 12 till the teenage age, do you remember a typical moment during that age where you said, this is so typical me, Renato? was at football it was at home or it was i don't know specific locations i was like this is so typical i remember very well definitely what i remember that it was making me feel very angry when people were lying so i never accepted lie mm. and i was very always saying the truth what when somebody was lying to me or somebody trying to do something and i was getting so angry that i was coming to cry sometimes I had even an issue. I think it was still during that age. I was 10. Uh, that I had a teacher that she started to play around because my mother was really involved into the school, doing many activities. Mm -hmm. And he came with a story like playing around with something and, uh, and using some very stupid jokes and telling that, oh, if I do this, this type of behavior, he would tell to my mom and this. And I had a big fight with him in the class. I see. Okay. And I was never accepting something that was not truth. So if somebody was lying, and even myself, when we had some issues, like my brother and myself, we were like doing something at home or something got broken, I was always, hey, it was me. I was always assuming. Yeah. Interesting. So I think always was this, this concept of always being connected to truth was, was there. Yeah, because otherwise you might have this kind of truth always nagging on you over time in the future, you know, that you never really find peace within yourself. Maybe this could be also one of the reasons, because so many times we, we might not say the truth, but the truth will always stay within ourselves, and it will, it's kind of a burden we have 
when we don't say the truth. We know that there is a specific information we should have said. And then if we don't say this out, and often you see that in other cases. Oh, definitely. And, and I can see like with today, like so many people that they carry what was a small lie maybe 20, 30 years ago and then became a huge lie and then it's affecting them. Exactly. They cannot move on to many different things. It can even affect their daily life, literally, yes. um, psychological, etc. So that time where you, you know, kind of def or looked into the truth, you hated people lying, you played football, young age. When we talk about the first chapter, at till what age would you say is the first chapter? Is it till 10, 12 years old, or is it, or was there a specific turning point till teenage age, or were you say, okay, the chapter makes more sense till that age, because there was kind of a turning point, we changed school, or we went to another place, yeah. etc. Maybe that there was a transition, I think, when I was from 13 to 14, definitely when I came to, yeah, to the high, yes, when I just changed the schools, and there was this thing that I, I was always seeing, the impression was always there was always the good boy and the very studious boy. And and I wanted to show there was always, I wanted to show there was more like smart and connected to the cool people. I think everybody has this when you're a kid. Yes, belonging to, to belonging a group. Belonging to, yeah. to a group and yeah. then, yeah. And then maybe I, I can try to become a little bit more rebel in a sense. Okay. To show something else, but inherited in me it was always this thing to be always good and kind to people but to try to belong to certain groups you start trying to play certain things that the kids always do but uh, then in the end you just try to copy others and it's not your true it was self. not my true yeah, yourself yeah it yeah. was not completely genuine yeah. yeah i was i was trying to show something that was not really myself because yes in a sense of uh, and this is a, a little bit of this on society. And I don't know if it's every, maybe even everywhere is a bit like that. You are always too good with everything and too nice. You are not smart because people take advantage of you. And then mm. you are not, you are accepting, you are not fighting back. Yes. And this is a little bit of the society today. And that's something that completely I disagree now. Yeah. But I tried to live something that was not my truth because my truth was always to be kind of gentle and kind and helpful to people and I tried to play something that was not really my core yeah. yeah you mentioned about this transition age 13 to 14 so when I look back from age 6 to 12 or around generally that time till age 12 how would you summarize this time period when we say okay this is chapter 1 till age 12 you played football you hated people lying you were also a little bit in shy. How would you summarize this chapter? If I look into the table of content and just see this title or this word. In one word. Or in one sentence. Or usually have a table of content could be one sentence as well. Yeah. Or a short phrase, or let's few words. It's difficult, right? It's difficult. Like it's difficult to put. Yeah, yes, yeah. it's difficult. Because putting together like ten. I can years say like few words. I think, but to make it a summary, like a statement. Okay, that was like that. Or maybe a summary or a few words which must reflect that time period. Or how you felt. It could be also how you felt. Maybe not necessarily describing who you were. Maybe 
I don't know. I can I can see. It was a very. I was shy, but I was happy, and I was doing like things that were more natural for me to do the way I felt. Okay. Maybe when I became a teenager, you're trying to show something that you're not, and then I think it was more connected to truth, the spirit, than my teenager life. So connected to truth could be. Yes, maybe because I think it makes sense because. Even being shy, I didn't like this thing, and uh, but it's okay. It's a, pro- a process of evolution, in a sense. But it was more genuine. More genuine, could yeah. be also. Yeah. Connected to truth. Because I was more genuine. Because that's the way I felt like doing. And I can see when I move into this teenager phase, that you start to play smart because other kids are playing smart. So you start these things that today is happening, you start mm-hmm. maybe bullying some other boys and all this type of things, and just because you want to be part of the cool place. Yeah. It wasn't me. Yeah. So connected to truth, literally. This could be... Makes sense that that can be, like this phase till, till I was 13. To yeah. 13, yeah. So walk me through a little bit from 13 plus. These years were, you know, you mentioned about... Uh, jumping into the proper teenage age, you want to be- join a specific group, you became a more rebel. How were you in the school? Besides joining, you know, a specific groups, belonging, having the feeling of how were you in the school? The school, it was in terms of um, my grades were always very good. Yeah. I never really needed to do a big effort to take good grades. So that was something that I was managing well because I was connected always to to the, we can call the nerds, that was always having the super scores, and I was okay. having the same while I was playing with the guys that were sitting behind in the back and making noises. And yeah. So I was, I was managing like to always connect to that, and that was my life to university, always like that. Were you interested in specific subjects at that time? At the time, I started getting I interested, I think, reading about things connected to, the, to, to spiritual life. I still didn't know what was that. Mm-hmm. I started searching. I did like few workshops. That I even I don't remember what was the workshop that I did first, but I started searching for a few things from teenager life. Yeah, and I started having many different experiences to start seeing reality in a different way. Yeah, I had experiences with. Then you go a bit of alcohol and things that some teenagers do, maybe yeah. smoking some illegal things and this type of things. So I had a few of those experiences, but. I I always even if I try to show there was this super cool, but there was always having this this willing to have the truth and to don't lie and to to be good person always was there. Maybe I was trying to hide a little bit sometimes. But it's still it was as always you there. Hiding a little bit that means you wanted to more belong. Yes, you know, because you became more to like belong a to the cool people that the cool people they are rebels and yeah. you just want to maybe show off something that you're not really. Yeah. You said you still played football till age 19. Yes, I um, played till I was 19. Earned yeah. a little bit money. Yes. Like you played that was a, like kind of my league? first work. Yes, or? it was a league in Sao Paulo. And uh, there were two leagues. There's the small place that we lived, the San Caetano, uh-huh. and then a league of Sao Paulo. I see. So I was playing football. And, and that was my whole life since I was, I think, 12 till I reached to this age of 19. My whole life, every night training and playing Every day, literally every night. Yes, from Monday from Monday to, to to Friday was training and always twice a week there were games. Wednesdays oh. and weekends there was always games. Interesting. So my whole life was like that. Yeah. What did you like most in this game in football? 
was more like the team spirit or was it more like competing with others or just belongingness? What was it? I think it was the fun of belonging, being all together. Yeah. I, there was this thing, but it was never really like that crazy about the winning. It was much more for the fun of making part of the group than really being the super fighter to win. Yeah. I think, it, yes, there was nothing like, like that in my life. Yeah. Of course, I was competitive with many things, but not to the extreme, the way it is. Many yeah. people, many people into the sports, they, if they lose, they they you can, can be, even kill. Yes, they become yeah. very competitive, and yeah. losing is not an option for many. Sadly so, so I had the issue of competition, but it was never really a issue. Yeah. Are you still playing football? Even now? Not bit? that much. Yes, when I moved to Dubai, I was playing. I was playing a lot. And then I stopped, I broke my nose playing football. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, and then, um, and then because football, it's quite aggressive, so you can very easy to have injuries anywhere. Mm. And it was the period that was really going more deeper into yoga. I see. So then I chose to practice more yoga, and then I, I, I stopped with the football. Yeah, it's a completely different kind of... Yeah, and because yeah. it was really... I was having always like ankles twisted and in pain and that was avoiding me to do other practices so I decided to, to stop. Yeah, so you mentioned um, you started to search, you went more in a spiritual kind of direction at that age. Did you had a specific um, intention to become someone, a specific profession at that time or you were still like, or did you had like, you were into football? I don't know if you had this still thought of becoming a football player or did you have I'm for sure will become, I aim to become someone else. Some specific, working specific For, for me, there was, there was nothing really specific. Of course, as I was playing football my whole life, you have this idea, maybe you'll be a football player. Yeah. <laughs> but it was not really something that strong that I was dreaming around. I was not really sure what, what should I do in my life as a career. Yeah. Then when I finished, before I, I went to, to the university, I was not sure at all what I should do. I spent one year just thinking and then what appeared i always i was curious about the universe about the sky the stars but not to maybe to go into study astrology so or mm. something related to that or astronomy this type of things even when i did like my in brazil when i do the process before going to 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 the university i went i tried to maybe four different fields till it happened for me to go into business mm -hmm. Because the business was interesting, and then I had one person that was connected to my family. Uh, he was a Polish guy, really close to the family that were living in Brazil, and he was working for the embassy into international business. And he really told me a lot about this, and I always had the dream to travel through the whole world. Yeah. And this is what attracted me a lot. So, so I had from things from doing to sports, that was not really something, just because... Uh, I was playing football, but then he told me about this and I decided to go into international business. And then it was clear because I wanted to travel the world. That was the only way. You mentioned about the university. Yeah. So was that for you a turning point, say from school to university? Or you say, okay, that kind of, you know, subject to study, this was more just in a focus, yeah. being more serious now? In the university, in a sense, yes. Um, I had a lot of experiences during my process of teenage before going to university and I, I told even um, I was trying to discover life, I was a little bit rebel. When I entered into university, I started completely calming down. 
Sí, Usually exactly. kids, they're very shy and they yeah. go to university, maybe yeah. they get wild and drinks and all those things. And I was exactly the opposite. I had everything before university. And when I entered university, <laughs> I started cooling down. So then my life was already changing. And, and during the university, that I, I really, that was a big turning point, but not because of university, but because what I saw in these uh, boards of the university, they were announcing something about astral projection. Mm -hmm. And then I saw there was a, a group in Sao Paulo somewhere that they were talking about this. And then I went to the group and, and I really discovered amazing things. That was the base of all my studies. And, and I went and people that were doing all the studies about astral projection, they were bringing a big knowledge of all the ancient philosophies from India, from Asia, from Greece, from Egypt, from theosophy, any, any philosophies, ancient philosophies, the guy was very knowledge and, and wisdom. And I started going to this place like when I was on the second or third year of the university. And till today, when I come back there, I go and I study with them again. So we have a study group and I participate in many things. Right. So the, the years till the university, I see, see that because I see the university kind of a turning point as well for you. So the years from roughly around age 13 to university age, how would you summarize this time? Period. The time where you were more into football, where you became a little bit a rebel. That was mixed, yeah. Age. How yeah. would you summarize that time period? How we can say this? But you also started maybe, maybe to search in that time. Yeah, I started to oh. search. I started having some experiences and... But in a sense, it was a period that maybe I, I disconnected from, from my true self and I was trying to show something that I wasn't. So Disconnected may, from... Maybe I was disconnected from my, from my true self, in a sense, mm. because I was leaving many things and people that were hanging out and friends that having from that time, they have nothing to do with me. So It's interesting that you mentioned uh, what you called chapter one connected to truth but then chapter two disconnected yeah and the true self i think this is also where i mean obviously in the teenage age that's where you more want to belong to you want to belong to but you have to do some efforts and sometimes we have to i would not say lose but we have to pretend to be someone and that's also maybe where you know you mirror other people just to belong to someone and this yeah. is also like usually in, in the teenage age a fight within yourself. Who are you really? Mm -hmm. That happened a lot, yeah. yeah. So university, you talked about the study group, university. That time you mentioned about you calmed down extremely as well and you, you became more into, into the philosophy behind. At that time, did you have the feeling to, to stay in Brazil? Or did you have... Or this feeling to travel shortly after? Or did you to, to see the world, to meet other people in this field as well? I wanted always to travel when I was young, but there was a, maybe I was a little bit afraid of taking adventure like many people do, 16, 17, maybe just leave the house and they go into a journey. Yeah. So what I, in a sense, what I did, I, I took the same journey, but in a more organized way. I did my university and then I started working in an international trade in Brazil. And from that I started discovering the world on business and 
I was traveling a lot and I think I went in my whole career I went to more than 40 countries on business yeah I mean you mentioned that a couple of weeks ago when I went to one of your workshops the international trade you stayed there for many many years right yes I think like I had like a work for one company for one and a half year and after that 12 years and the same company that bring me to company. Dubai yeah. yeah so this traveling aspect this traveling to different places because I I can imagine traveling itself is amazing but it because you travel very frequently can also disconnect you from your roots or where you come from or from your home or you you know you just feel not belonging to some other place how did you feel this this time let's say in the first year first three years this traveling aspect did you feel like you were disconnected to what you really wanted to to search for or did you could were you able to continue I was enjoying a lot in a sense I was I was doing few of my practice while working but there was uh, there was something that the period of life they really like the work and the traveling yeah it was really exciting for me travel entering an airplane was always excitement so where did you go in the first very first few countries I think because the, was the first, first one I went to an exhibition in in Germany Frankfurt okay. and then I went and it was nice because from there I met some Polish clients and I started doing business in Poland. I went to Poland to twice. I visited my family there again. So it was really nice that I, I was able to use Polish in on business. So it was amazing. That was It was right, right after the, the university. And then from there I went to Mexico and then started traveling more to exhibitions. But I think I started really traveling much more into this my last my last job, the last But I built a career for 12 years. For 12 years being in the same, or in, 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 in the same company? Yes. It's a long time period. It's a long so, time. So the time after university, let's say this one and a half year in that one company and the other company, how was for you the very first few years traveling? How was that? Was it kind of opening? Was it kind of opening to a new world? Discovering a new world? Or was it also a world where you didn't know before because usually when we started to travel frequently we have we have this assumption how it looks like and then the reality sets in for the first few years when you traveled did you felt that for me it was always a discovery i always loved like to go to different places and yeah. and i had like my my big experience was for for six years was africa Because when I entered into the new company, I, uh, I entered into a project that I went and lived in, in Johannesburg in South Africa for six, seven months. And then ended up coming back to Brazil again. And from that, I was handling the African market. So I was traveling, always like spending one month in Africa traveling, one month in Brazil, one month traveling, one month in Brazil. How was the time for you? I was really enjoying. I was enjoying a lot. And of course, there was this sense of not belonging, the sense of always traveling. Uh, and I was quite disconnected until today. I'm quite disconnected through, from, from roots, from all this. So what was the job about? You talked about the international trade. What did you trade? So it was a, um, that's very interesting. Like when we, <laughs> because I was working for a, a food processor and then it was one, one of the biggest companies in Brazil doing mm -hmm. processed foods, everything from animal protein. And the, the interesting part is that on the last two years that I was working for them, I became vegetarian. So it was really funny. But you meanwhile, this I was selling like chicken and processed foods. Have you ever thought at that time, because 12 years is quite a long time, have you ever thought to become vegetarian during that time? 
because mm. you actually kind of saw also the process and you saw how it been traded and you know the story behind it was not bothering me even i was having all the studies i was doing because from that moment like from 2000 like before university i was already studying everything about spirituality about understanding the connection to our physical body and all this but there was something that was not bothering me for me it was fine so all these years still till four years ago it was okay how did you continue um you know you were on the search as well for, um uh, spirituality uh, meditation walk me through a little bit when you traveled so how did you continue on your having the daily practice or meditation or finding the teachers well let's say in johannesburg it's yeah. a completely different continent it's a different it's not like you, you knew a lot of people there not necessarily people where you like you know were related to the topic how were you still connected to what you were interested in looking for when it comes to a spirit it was interesting i was always keeping this i was not sharing with everybody it was my self-practice i was coming back and almost every night I was doing a little bit of meditation. Maybe not very deep, but I was, I was doing it. Okay. And so. mainly because I was, that was my background. I was studying a lot about astral projection. And then from that moment, I, was, I had so amazing experiences uh, waking up outside of my body and seeing my body and knowing that I'm something else than the physical body. Mm-hmm. And I was having many experiences during the spine, even during the trips. So it's quite quite interesting. Yeah. The time you were in Johannesburg, the six months, um, what year? What year was it? It was in two thousand and five. Two thousand five. So this this time also at around two thousand five. I mean, it's even now more commercialized. But this meditation centers, you know, meditation courses, this yoga sessions. Did you see any of this during your travel at this time? Mm, was in Johannesburg? No, you know, no, uh, not really. Mainly because. As I'm interested of going outside to practice something, I forgot to mention something that I really loved as well. That was rock climbing. Oh, that's so from from the okay. age of my university from university time on the second year. At the same time, more or less, I started studying the spirituality. That was the period that I started doing rock climbing on the second year of university, and that was something that was doing a lot. Like every weekend, that was a really good passion enjoying and challenging our fears and all those things maybe it was one of the ways of really moving on so it was really nice so rock climbing yes during the university yes i started times. at this period yeah so during the rock uh, university times i mean we mentioned about the chapter two about tell university so disconnected um from the true self how would you describe the university times you mentioned just also the rock climbing this is being more closer to the nature I can see but rock climbing is it's it's a sport it's a proper sport where you go to your physical limits yes and you're closer to the nature you're literally is the connection to nature. nature yes it's it's a it's a state of meditation because you go you do it slowly you do very focused you are connected and you need to rely on your partner that is there giving you the belay the support so it's, it's an amazing sport and it helped him a lot in a sense, to go to any of my fears or any of my self-doubts, and it gave me a lot of confidence. And it was a thing, really, really amazing, a thing. I, I really love everything that happened. I'm not climbing now, lately, 
but it was something that I really love, and I love really to face my fears and to go into the high mountains. So you, it's also some kind of challenge you gave to yourself, like yeah. this fear, and you were confronted with the fear. Yes, actually, yes. You're and not that, running away, actually. You. And that's in a sense that I did my whole life. Like always, when I was having any of issue internally of fears of lack of confidence, I was doing my own work, my own self work. And in a sense, I managed to solve all my things. And that's the way it can be with everybody. We can mm. be our own psychologist. We start digging deeply in our minds and we start dealing with our emotions and extracting the positive from the negative and you start moving away from mm. negativity. So this university times, um, would you say this is a separate chapter? This is chapter three before you started into um, work life and the traveling part? In a sense, yes, because like that, we can say there was a period that I kind of started reconnecting to myself and moving a little bit of this, living this external world and all this. Yeah, so it was a, it was a very good period. Yeah. How would you summarize this period? You say reconnecting to yourself. It sounds like this is kind of the title. It can be, can be this moment of reconnection. Yes, okay. I was still very, very shy, like first year of university, but things started slowly moving. And I think that's the work that I did, I think, in a sense, my whole life, really to to become more self-confident. And I can see that I'm coming in a moment that, 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 that really I'm overcoming any type of lack of self-confidence that I had in my life. That's a chapter that is gone. Which, which, which chapter? Of, oh, no, chapter in terms of being, with having less self, lack, lack of self-confidence, yes. these things of being more afraid of future or of how to expose myself or how to do this and that. So this is something that I had this a lot. I remember I mentioned when I was a kid. Yeah. It went a little bit in a certain way throughout my life, but mm -hmm. slowing down. Yeah. Maybe it was very high when I was eight, nine, and now it's coming almost to zero. Zero. Oh. Yeah. So the times after university, the trading, uh, trading, international trading, the traveling, do you see this around 13 years um, as one big chapter, which is covering the work, the traveling, or do you see there were, or was there some kind of turning points during this? Uh, no, I think, to be honest, years. it was something that was going on, like from university, I, I graduated, and then it goes like for 2001 till, till now, 2000, maybe it goes up to 2014, end of 2013, then, yeah. so it goes for this 13 years, 13 years, more or less. Yeah. Have you ever thought of, um, because 12 years working in the same company, it's a long time, when did you... Because you traveled quite a lot, but you always came back to Brazil, right? You always Brazil was kind of the yes for the first six years like. was that, and then I moved to Dubai and I stayed in Dubai working for them for six years. Ah, okay, so you relocated everything. Yes. Was it difficult for you to relocate? No, to was Dubai? was very easy decision. Really? Yeah. What, what year are we talking about? Two thousand ten. Two thousand ten. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dubai at that time was. And still, I. I I've been to Dubai before because African business was always connected to Middle East and I came to Dubai 2005 first time yeah. before going to Africa and I didn't want really even to think about moving to live here. But then in 2010 just happened 
the company went through a transition. It was a, a merge with another company. And then suddenly, like the CEO of the company here in, in, in UAE, he could just call me, okay, you want to come to Dubai? And I told in maybe 30 seconds of talk, yes. <laughs> How did you cope in the first year with the weather in Dubai? The climate. It was okay, I think. Was it? Is it? It's, I guess it's a huge difference to Sao Paulo. I it mean, is. Maybe it not is. In terms yeah, of no, the heat. The, yeah, the heat. The, no, but the heat here it's much much higher. Like heat, yeah. Sao Paulo can go maybe up to thirty eight, maybe maximum something yeah. like that. But it's a Few days and humidity. There is almost no humidity. Yeah, interesting. So, how were the first few years here in Dubai? Did you had a lot of connections? That was very interesting. College? Like what happened? Like I was having many phases. So. I was always having this balance in life, like between all my spiritual studies and practices, between the seeking for making money to to create a future and safety and all this, and and balancing between entertainment, between going out with friends and having parties and all those things. In in Dubai. Yes, it, it was very interesting. When I moved to Dubai, I was already thinking about really more turning to what I became completely now. Interesting. In so my I mind was, I was always life. having this. Yeah. And I knew that there would come a moment in my life that would drop career to just to do this. Okay. In a sense, I have always the idea that, okay, when I become 40, that was kind of a goal for me. Imaginary goal was there. But, and then, okay, but... You never know exactly what you need in terms of finance, okay? What is yes. enough? It's to have a house or to have two houses, to have uh, $1 million in the bank account. You never know. And then uh, I was still working on this process and building the career. And I was enjoying, in a sense, the business and the traveling was always a good excitement. But I was coming with the idea in Dubai to kind of settle down, relax more. And, and, they did, and they aim to be closer to India it was something that attracted me a lot mm -hmm. because from here we were able to travel, travel to Asia a lot. There was always having this thing in my mind to discover more Asia and from Brazil it's more difficult. Of course, it's uh, literally the other side of the world. Yes. Literally, Brazil and India. So when you moved to Dubai, was that also the time where, the very first time where you were able to go to India? Or did you go? It was the first time, yeah. Where did you go to India? It took time Asia. even for me to go because I, I traveled to many countries, to Sri Lanka, to many countries in Asia, but India went uh, at the end of 2013. 13? Yeah. Okay. Actually, it was an interesting. It was kind of a turning point as well that when I was already really, really with the aim of uh, planning myself to really move into a new field of life and really thinking about quitting career. But it still was this kind of dream of distant dream but things started moving very fast from there I went first to Nepal and then in Nepal I started discovering many things in 2013 and I started practicing more and more yoga I started practicing and more and more meditation in the first few years of Dubai I entered a little bit into the rhythm of Dubai of mm -hmm. parties and drinking and all these things okay. and I started really moving away from that end of 2013 so let's say to till 2012 roughly around that time, or the time you moved to Dubai, that traveling is, do you see that as a separate section? Do you see that this is kind of the chapter till the time to go to Dubai? The time you travel. No, but they moved to Dubai in 2010. No, I think it was not really different, I think. Uh, 
or let's say two, two, 2013 where you said this is yes 2013 definitely yes yes my life changed from end of 2013 completely so the whole time from the university so end stage so from starting the first job till 2013 do you yes. see this as a kind of one kind of yes it was job. one like still uh, still focus a little bit on career and having all the activities, whatever spiritual practice, as kind of my personal hobby, but a lot of friends they were not even aware of this. I was not sharing that much to to friends. I was maybe hiding this. That was my self practice only. Yeah. So I was not living that fully. Because you wanted to find your inner self. Yeah. There was no need probably for to share in to this. Share yeah. others, yeah. And even the people they don't have, they didn't have even a clue that it was. Mm-hmm. having all these studies and knowledge and all this because I was keeping for myself. Mm-hmm. So this time, roughly around 12 years till 2013, after university till, till 2013, roughly around this time, what would you describe, how would you describe it? Because that was also the time where you'd explored, discovered different parts of the world I think it was like that it's a period of exploration exploration of of the external world and traveling more and and really really without any attachment to anything no attachment zero interesting what do you mean by no attachment do you mean that with no objects you had to collect or you know you had a fixed location where you were then maybe it can be to objects it can be to people uh even I was quite disconnected from family, traveling, and relationships as well. I was not really willing to connect into relationships as well. I was by myself. Interesting. Okay. So the time from 2013, you literally highlight this. This is kind of the turning point. You went more frequently to Asia and different parts, India and so on. While still working full-time? Yes. The other, uh, the work. Yes. How was that for you? This kind of parallel kind of world. You, tr- you felt you were more connected to another part, but at the same time, full time is full time. It's not that easy to. Yes, it was challenging, and my work was very stressful. I was connected to work maybe I don't know, fifteen hours per day, and that's a lot. And and <laughs> and and almost, and in a sense, you can say that I was working at least at least six days a week. Because I was here in Dubai, Fridays is uh, off, but Brazil is not. And I was always dealing with the team in Brazil, so I was always dealing with the market here and dealing with logistics and operation in Brazil. So it was always this. Okay. And Brazil seven hours behind, so while here is already midnight, they can call you and they can ask for things. And it was always like that. But that's also kind of a very stressful work environment. It was. It was very Time-wise. stressful. That was good, at least I was financially well paid, was really good in this aspect. What, what helped me to, to build a certain safety, to take the decision in an easier way, in terms of, okay, I can leave. Of course, I'm not stable forever, I need mm. to still make my income, but it helped me a lot for me to really take the decision. So, so in a sense, this um, I'm very grateful for everything that I did in terms of work. I had a good experience. But after the end of 2013, it started coming, okay, uh, I kind of don't belong to this anymore from beginning 2014. Yeah, but you started to have the thoughts. I started to have the thoughts Most that maybe serious. it's not only when I reached 40. Mm-hmm. At 2014, I was 
And then it took me from early 2014 till end of 2015, took me exactly two years to take the decision to move away. Like a transition. It was yeah, a transition, it was a transition period, point. Yeah. I was doing more, more practices deeper and deeper. And then in May 2014, I decided to stop eating meat. It started to bothering me, the aspect of all the slaughtering house and all killing millions of uh, birds and all these things. Um, And maybe because I started studying deeply, understanding more the concept of energy prana and what is behind food, and then it started bothering me myself. So, so I decided to just make some few changes in my lifestyle. You mentioned about this two weeks ago um, when I was at your self-realization -rea self workshop, workshop um, about this transition period. And I thought this is a way to have a conscious decision let a conscious decision grow because usually um, you know sometimes we make instant decisions yes. we quit immediately or a couple of weeks and we quit and then we have problems facing you know how can we survive how we can etc what is the income expenses and so on but having this transition when you mentioned this two weeks ago I thought like two years transition helped you to understand what could be the potential impact positive or negative if I leave the job, but at the same time, you started to manifest more and more this inner belief that you that's the right path. Yes. Right? Two years is a long time, but at the same time, it gave you confidence. That That's exactly the point. And even I was not working in the plan B. So still, I, I quit my job without clearly know what I'm going to do. I knew that I, want to, I wanted to, to share more of the activities and to go deeper into the knowledge and understanding, but it was not like a clear plan of what to do after. So, but the best part was that I work on myself to be sure that quitting my career, leaving the status of, I don't know, whatever position you have, the financial security, because I was having a quite good salary as an expat here in Dubai. And, It was, it was, I think, the best work that I did. And really to come to the moment that when I decided, I was, it was so clear without a single point of a doubt that it was the right decision. I think when I just listened to you, what you said, it's, it's more about the strong belief in yourself. Yes, it, uh, well, I was you working on my belief. Yourself, yeah, yeah? I believe, You had no yeah. like, you know, doubts anymore. Till I came to a point, there was no doubt. So I this think, two, yeah. two years is a transition, yeah. And it was interesting because I was not even sure When I, I came back from the new year 2015 and my CEO came to me asking, okay, how was everything? What are the plans? I'm telling everything is perfect. And he asked me, okay, what about the business? And I told him I'm out. And it was like, it just came out of me because it was sure that was already decided. So it was funny because I was not even thinking about saying that to him. Did and I told that I cannot really stay in the company anymore. It's not for me anymore. Did he expect that? Or was it no. really like out of the blue? No, he was not expecting. But it no. was it was um, a really good conversation I had with him. And we did in a nice way because I stay still working for the company till April. So almost four months, exactly mm -hmm. four months that I work for the company to make a transition for somebody mm -hmm. to replace me. Even they wanted me to stay longer. I didn't want anymore. So it was decided interesting so that moment that moment you said you were out or let's say from 2013 where you started to you know connect more to India Asia etc 
till that moment, did you see that was kind of? I mean, I would say this is the transition itself, but do you see this is a chapter? The transition period? Yeah, itself. Because I see it when you said the it, it can be yes, I think I think yes, we can go moment. go to the point and the moment of preparation, and the preparation of working on myself definitely to know that whatever I'm living is not something that okay I would think maybe to come back to work or to do something like that. No, it's a decision made. Yeah. Yes, I think it can be yes, and then how would you call it? But it's also know. this. Unknown, you know, you didn't know yet 100%, but it was at the same time a transition. No. But the transition, I think, what, yes, is the transition of the mindset and knowing that whatever living ahead, like this savings for me to stay whatever one year, two years without an income, that would be fine. So I work on these two aspects. Of course, the finance, it was always there as something that everybody's afraid of. And then we should remove this from our mindset. Um, but it helped me a lot to take the decision to to build the this, the, the financial safety, mm -hmm. not forever, but for a good period of time, and the mind definitely the confidence of knowing that I was not leaving anything that I would regret. Yeah. And now, uh, it's two and a half years after that, and I'm even more confident that it was the right decision. Yeah. So this till that moment till the transition. I mean, you can call the chapter itself transition. Or you mentioned yeah, that, so transition instance, of mindset. Yes, it can be transition of mindset, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So that moment you decided you're out, and then uh, let's say after four months, walk me through a little bit. What did you do first? What was the first few weeks, months? What did you? How how did you spend every day? That was interesting. In the middle of this process, when I was taking the decision, was when I met Anna. Yeah. So it came. It, she just appeared in my life and we had everything in common, activities, interests and everything. So it was a life partner that just appeared at that moment. But still, I had in my mind in 2016 as a, a year to travel. So I, I spent 2016 on and off Dubai for till the end of the year almost. Where, where did you go? I, I, I was doing many different there were many people that were following a studies about this about path of self-realization mm -hmm. actualization so I did few workshops I went to the first one I went to Hawaii to a workshop in Hawaii it was amazing not only for the workshop but for the trip it's an amazing place beautiful place then I went to Hawaii then I came back after that I went to a journey in Brazil I spent two and a half months in between Brazil and Peru. Mm -hmm. So I went to many places that I wanted to visit always before, but I never had the time. Many places that have a high energy. I went to some, uh, there is one place that is John of God that is a very popular healer, a medium. And then I went to visit him to feel his energy. So I started exploring a lot of those places. That was my aim. So I decided to few places in the world that were, I wanted to do this exploration. And now in, in the middle of the time when I went to Brazil, I spent one month in Peru. Mm -hmm. So I went in Peru and I, I visited Machu Picchu. I did the Inca Trail. There was a dream as well to do it. And I spent 10 days in the jungle doing some very interesting experiences with some shamans in the jungle that is connected to the plant medicines and help in a sense for it to connect to your true nature. It's it's very interesting to, to work that I did with Seamus in Peru. During this all this travel, um did you have a feeling of belong 
belongingness to a specific place. No. Like feel like okay, this is like the place, this the roots where I wanna come back, or like Dubai. This is I miss Dubai, or is that because I, I when I listen to your words, I feel you were disconnected to a physical place, but you were more connected to yourself. I might be wrong, yeah. but I'm just feel like there was not like I had the tendency always to come back to a specific location. It makes sense. It makes sense, and and I still don't have it. I don't have like a place that I can tell that oh this is the place that I want to be forever mm. the place that I want to be forever is what what you told that you felt it's it's to really be connected to my heart and be connected to myself and and this I can carry everywhere is like many people already said like heaven or hell is not a physical place it's a state of being and I really found my heaven inside of me and I think still there is a lot for me to discover and as more as deeper as I go inside, uh, I feel a stronger bliss, and this I can carry anywhere, no Have matter the place, where, any wherever no I go. Yeah, so I'm really open to, and of course now I'm not alone in this journey. I'm with Anne in this journey, and. Um, but this also gives you the, the flexibility, not necessarily to 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 change location, but also to feel less attached to a location, less attached to physical objects, which you have to carry around all the time wherever you travel. It you know? is. And it's always yeah. with you, only with you, because objects are just objects in the end of the day. You feel the freedom, freedom within yourself. Yes, and, and I have the, this, I always had this detachment, but I was not really clear uh, with my own truth 100% yeah. in my life. And what is happening in these last two years after I quit my job is that I found this this 100% place. And I know that I'm still into the beginning of the journey of the diving inside of me. And knowing that as more as I go deeper, that I will find more happiness. And then this happiness will flourish to the external world that will be able to bring happiness to other people. That's what is really happening over the last few months with the workshops, with the sound journeys and all this. So explain me a little bit more about the last few months, last two years, three years. Yeah. You started to found together with Anna Awakening, Prima. Yeah. When did that start? When was it like that founding day where you say, okay, today is the day where we starting Awakening It's very Prima. interesting because Awakening Prima, it's something that is, uh, it's very recent in a sense. It was officially created in the f beginning of June 2000. Six seventeen. So one year ago. One year ago. You have one year anniversary. Yes, we just have it now. We had it yeah, now. Yeah, usually yes. true. Yeah, one year anniversary. Oh, yeah, one year anniversary. It was when we had the curtain here at home. It was yes. one year of the yes. Facebook page when I created Awakening Prima on Facebook. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And the name Awakening Prima came a little bit earlier. No, it came in later, because first we created Awakening Yoga and Sound, and it was amazing. Like remember this place that I told you that I started studying. Uh, all my spirituality. And then when I went to a meeting with Anna there, to our group there in Brazil, that the name Prema came back to me, because Prema, it's, it's a word coming from Sanskrit that means love. And then came the connection for us to not only call awakening yoga sound, no, it's awakening Prema. And that's the way it become awakening Prema. And I literally saw that that was the name, that the way it should be. So it's beautiful. In the beginning when you started, how difficult was it for you starting this 
in an environment like Dubai where slowliness, peacefulness, quietness are stra words which are not very common. It's, it's, it's even more difficult in this environment here than in other, maybe other cities or obviously in other regions in the world. But it's in, in particular, Dubai, how difficult was it for you to start here in Dubai? That's so interesting. In a sense, there was not big challenges just starting in Dubai because even Dubai being that kind of Russian place and yeah. people are coming and going and just people come here for money, well, everybody that moves to Dubai is an expat and had an opportunity to make more money, they just leave without any trace. What is interesting that in Dubai, there is a quite consolidated, small kind of spiritual center community healing and all this. So it's already it was already established in Dubai. So in a sense, we entered into a circle that already existed. Mm. We entered into a circle that already existed, um, maybe not, not that strong into the sound healing, because there were like only two people uh, or three that were really, really doing the sound healing in Dubai. Uh, but then we started in a in a sense where the doors were already open. We just presented ourselves to some centers that we started doing. Yeah. So it was quite fast. In a sense, we started before we started in Feb. So in the journey that I did all my studies uh, that passed through Peru, and then I went to I went again to other places in US, and then I ended up doing my yoga teacher training in at the end of 2016 in India. I did vipassana meditation in India as well for 10 mm -hmm. days. So that's the way I end up my 2016. So I'm doing many different courses. So it was kind of more gaining, not, I mean, I'm not saying the certificates, but gaining additional knowledge. How to Gain additional this knowledge. As well. And it was not in my mind really to be yoga teacher, definitely. Um, and still, I think my aim is not really just to give the physical practice as uh, my aim is to bring the true knowledge behind the essence of yoga. And mm. that, that is really self-awareness, self-realization, understanding who we really are. Um, when, I, when you mention about self-awareness, how important for you is this in particular for young people, let's say millennials or you know, even students who are in the university. And this is usually the time where you are trying to be more focused, trying to yeah, be more focused, on, no, trying to find what you really want, even if you have the intention to find something. In the end, you're always going to change it, but it's usually a very difficult time. Being more self-aware, aware of you know maybe more who you are really instead of joining another group or joining another like just to reflect. Yeah. How important is that for this this generation for self-awareness? What would you give? What message would you tell them? I think it's really important. I think for becoming more connected to their truth, because if not, you can spend time in life pursuing something that is not what you need like and um, even I was connecting doing some sessions for some teenagers in Dubai and what they were saying is that um, she got frustrated at school because maybe 80-90% of the friends they want just to find a career to be richer faster how to make money and she's saying I have nothing to do with that I want to really focus on doing what I like and I think that's the aim, to be more self-aware, to know what you really like and not what society is building up for you to make money faster because that's not, that's not happiness. It's searching still for happiness outside. So this becoming more self-aware about this and definitely becoming more self-aware of who you really are as an essence. And another aspect is really to know how to balance uh, emotions and, and thoughts. 
how important for you is this? Because processing th thoughts, what you just mentioned, it starts also from young age, you know, teenage age, where you're starting to, you know, gaining skill, specific skills, hard skills, soft skills. How important for you is the fact to teach specific knowledge, specific, you know, yeah, methods, etc., knowledge in young, young age, yeah. let's say teenage age even, or even younger. Is that for you, was that always a topic for you where you have thought of to say, okay, this has to be covered in the school or even in the kindergarten? For me, this is a must, definitely. Because what is happening today that we have uh, a bunch of adults frustrated and getting sick and adults of 40, 50 years old that are completely emotionally in, in balance. They're completely not knowing how to deal with that, how knowing how to deal with the mind and thoughts. So we need to really come back and to, from the kids that are going to school, the first steps, they're learning the first language. They need to learn that they have their thoughts and they have their emotions and they need to learn how to deal with them. And then once they start shining a light over the way of thinking and being more positive and being doing more good things to other people, they can start really creating a better life for everybody mm. and how to deal with their emotions without getting stressed or anxious or nervous and knowing that you can balance this with intention and with the focus of your mind. Yeah. This is all controllable in a sense. Yeah. I see, but I also I see what the external factors are for young people as well. But they, for example, when we're talking about nutrition, young people are exposed to mm -hmm. very sugary products. So the intake of this kind of, you know, food not necessarily contribute to finding slowliness or peacefulness within yourself. It literally kind of, you know, let you move all the time. So find the, finding the stillness. Yeah. Do you see that also like as a major problem when it comes to nutrition, obviously, besides the fact itself, but also give, not letting the body stand still. Definitely. And unfortunately, a lot of the, the food that we consume that the processed food is, it's, it's poison. And it's not really, this is more stimulating than mm. really bringing peace. For me, it's all coming together with the understanding of who we really are, understanding that we are not only the physical body, behind this there is energy, and to understand that behind the food that we eat, there is energy. In the way I explain into the self-realization course, yes. there is prana, and prana is the vital life force that is behind everything in the universe, behind every living form. And as we are aware about this, and that knowing that we are this energy, we are this prana, and understanding that the food that we eat, there are food that has prana and food that has no prana. You can start making the choices consciously. Yeah. And then you're going to feel what will make you feel healthy and really more awakened. Or you're going to fake you more in a more negative way yeah. and, and, and balanced way. For people who are not you know, aware of it, they usually put food in two categories, healthy and not healthy. But they're not necess necessarily put them in categories, as you say, with brainer, etc., not knowing what's actually in the food. And we are usually always get um, educated from the advertisement, you know, the, we're getting the buzzwords of organic food, etc. It seems to sound healthy, but it, it, it isn't at all. I remember well when you said two weeks ago about this coconut milk. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. It started to change a shift in my mindset actually shortly after to more check the ingredients 
Definitely. And the number, I mean, even if I checked as a vegan, I checked always frequently, but even if I see so-called healthy products, they're actually not healthy at all. And not necessarily that you think that this is junk food, but it's actually they are in the, even in the health section or in the so-called health section that even, you know, coconut milk might be only 8% of coconut. Yes. Um, and then you see, okay, this is reality, but you see also the lack of it, as you say, Brina is missing. Yeah, that's and very sad. The, the yeah, because in terms of food, food today is uh, it's people just having more food in terms of pleasure, and there is a big industry that they just want to sell what they want to sell, and they want to market and create slogans and create campaigns telling that something is healthy or organic. It's just a label. Doesn't mean that it is healthy. You mm. need to really look what is there inside and look at in the ingredients. Yeah. Sometimes they even don't have all the ingredients. So this after I became vegetarian, mainly after I, I started my relation with, and I started really looking more into those aspects. And then you start realizing when you go to the supermarket that we have majority of things that are trash. Yeah. Why did you decide not to go to become vegan? Yeah, vegetarian, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. But you became vegetarian, but not vegan. Just curious, because ah, okay. I, I thought like two weeks ago when you mentioned about this, because the step towards becoming vegan is it's a major step from yeah. someone who ate meat. What made you the step to say, okay, I'm now only maybe there are still things that uh, that I consume that doesn't bother me for me to go into the extent of becoming vegan. Mm -hmm. I like to still eat cheese sometimes, and I make my choices to have even knowing from where this is coming. Uh, the same thing with eggs. So I know from where it's coming in terms of that, but still doesn't bother me that much in terms of like uh, like eating meat, that for me taking a life from another being yeah. for you to eat doesn't make any sense anymore. So still there are certain ways. I think the normal I think trend into the perception is people are going to end up becoming vegan but mm. as more as we we clear our emotions and clear whatever is behind it and our exactly. what we can see and tell as needs it stands for it to really become vegan because the concept uh it's it's very pure in terms of that and checking the industry they do testing into animals and all those things uh, it's it's really really beautiful i think the whole concept so as long as you don't try to impose anything to anybody that of is course a lot not, behind yeah. that <laughs> definitely yeah. not um, so the time from 2013 till now, this awakening, Prima, is a major chapter for you. How would you describe this chapter? Summarize that. It's beautiful, I think. Uh, you started the venture, you, you met Anna. Yeah, we started it. And then when we started the awakening, Prima, or even before. Yeah. Yeah, even before. I don't know, it depends. Oh, oh, I mean, 2013 yeah. till now could be the whole chapter. Oh, the from whole that, chapter. Or okay. it could be also uh, two chapters, depends. If you see the time till founding yeah. Awakening. In a sense, it's, it's a process of transition into allowing myself to be me and, and to really allow it to unfold. I don't know if this is the name, but it just came to me right now. Uh, and then I'm, I'm really, I'm really starting to live in my day-to-day -day what is my truth, exposing myself really the way I feel things are, 
expose the understanding that I have and whatever I, I see as more connected to truth and to balance and to health. And, and it's becoming like a sharing point of the experience. And I know that from anything that I'm doing, I know there are many people that can benefit from that. And, and in a sense, that's what we're always doing. We are sharing whatever we believe is true and this can help many people too. Mm-hmm. So, so, to allowing, yeah. so allowing myself to be true, this can, it's literally till today. Yes. It's all from till the moment you said. Yeah, and maybe what is happening it's from now on is in a sense is just being the truth of myself. So I came to this point that the allowance, I think, I'm seeing like the way things are getting formed in terms of the activities that you are doing and the programs that you are creating in terms of courses and all this. And this is literally a process of, of living my truth. Yeah. yeah. And with more and more being sure about, okay, that's the way things should be. So Renato, what is the next chapter in your life? The next chapter? Of what is the next chapter? How would be the next chapter? How is the next chapter looking like? It's in other words, what are you planning to do in the next year, in the short time? Literally, I think the way I'm seeing the process is a process of unfolding. It's a process of unfolding a lot of, of our inner wisdom, of our inner self. And this unfolding will be continual, practicing deeper and deeper my meditations and going to spaces that I've never been before. And from this space, I will be bringing more understanding in form of trainings, courses, workshops, meditations, and all this. Mm. So I'm seeing that we'll, that's the point. Continue diving deeper within and exploring further and further within my mind, subconscious mind, and literally unveiling, unveiling what is there into the universe. Mm. And uh, it's, I think this is the, the, the beautiful path that I really recommend everybody to go is the journey within. Because then it becomes more clear what to do. And what to do is not even a planning. Things just happen. And that's the way it is. You t- talked about journey within. I came across a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I must probably know it. It's like the longest journey in life is a journey within. Yes, it, because it's endless. Exactly. It's endless. It's, there is no... no, no there is no ending point to this. It's a constant unfolding, constant self-discovery constant clearing of um, judgments feelings or emotions and thoughts and and seeing things from new perspective mm. all the time you never get stuck into anything so for everyone who's listening right now we, we talked about the awakening prima i quickly mentioned that in the intro as well of the podcast and the recording can you quickly explain everyone what is awakening prima actually or what do you provide and what are your next steps like journey for example or the, the trip to to india etc what you're planning to do just what as a summary so <laughs> awakening prema to summarize and it comes from the name is um, prema means love it's awakening our true love that is connected to our true nature that is connected to consciousness that it's the essence of everybody is to create we are creating programs through meditations practices sound healing courses, retreats, workshops that we want to bring tools and information for people to become more aware about themselves and how they can practice in the day-to-day life, how really to unfold their true nature and true happiness. And I think that's to summarize this, what we do. Nice. 
you have a few trips upcoming as well, a few trips to India among others. Yes, yes, India. we have. Yeah. What well, it's coming now in September, we'll be in Portugal and we are planning three weekends of workshops in Portugal as well. So the same uh, Pelho self-realization, we're going to make it over a weekend. So we're going to make it in two days. We're going to do sound healing therapies and sessions. And we are planning to see if we can do it for corporates as well in Portugal. After that, we come back to Dubai. And then in October, we have a retreat. October will be a special month because we're going to have two retreats. One retreat that is done myself, just awakening Prema in India, that we do in Dharamsala from 4th to 9th of October. And after that, once we come back from 19 to 27, we have other group of friends that are into similar path on their own way that we're going to do our retreat together in Egypt. Nice. We're going to take people to visit all the sacred sites in Egypt and doing practices there. Nice. So October will be a special month. And the future is still to be written. We have a plan to go to Brazil end of the year to do workshops there and of course mm -hmm. to see my family. And that's an amazing way. I think they are driving our life. Anna is Portuguese, so we're going to Portugal. We do our work. We visit her family. We go to Brazil. We do our work. We visit my family. And nice. we are going to be in between Portugal, Brazil, Dubai. India, <laughs> Dubai, Asia. And still without knowing how it will be in the future. But so far, our base is Dubai. Maybe our base can shift, but we are open to whatever comes. Yeah. yeah. So just summarizing quickly on the book, you know, I'm, I, every book has a copyright section as well. Don't copy this unless you get the confirmation. Do you <laughs> recommend or would you suggest from some people don't copy certain parts of my life? Don't do this mistake, don't do this. Or are there no parts where you say, just if you want to, you know, if you just listen to this, you could potentially do the same steps. In a sense, is uh, that's why what we talk that the the kids need to learn how to connect to themselves from the early age, because once you connect from yourself when the early age and knowing how to guide emotions, thoughts, understanding who you truly are, you will not go into creating certain fake habits and lifestyles, uh, trying to show something that you're not. You can go straight and live your own truth from the early age. You don't need to go through certain paths in life that you're not living your reality. So I think the example is that if you connect earlier to your truth, you can be your truth from the early age. You yes. don't need to go to certain steps to do that the way I did. Yeah, so earlier. Yeah. So if you remember, so let's say next chapter, at least the headline is written. I close the book turn the book around what do I see on the book what is the book cover looking like you mean the, the front page cover the front page yes the, the yeah, front page How, what, is, what is the design what, what would I see on it if it's about you about these chapters that's interesting yeah so let's say I go to the library I go to the self-help section and I s hold this book what would I see for far away That's interesting. I think it will be something related. <laughs> Maybe it will be like something blue with skies and like more like an open sky, blue stars and nature will be the sky and some image of uh, 
of maybe some trees and forest with a lake, something like that. So it's more a natural picture. Yeah. Picture yeah. of the nature, be more connected. Yes, because so. it's really the the reconnection to to ourself. That's nature. What would be the title of the book? Mm. And you think the summary of the chapters were difficult, or the summary of the last <laughs> several decades? What would be this? What would be the title? If I would go to the library and ask, okay, I look for this book from Renato. I, I, I could call my way, the way I, I wrote my story, maybe in a conscious or unconscious way, but that was my path for self-realization. Path? My path? My path for self-realization. That's the way it happened. So I can describe through all stages that I went through my life and stages that were more connected and more disconnected till the moment that I'm really feeling that I'm more advance in my step of self-realization and more the connection within. I know that it's still endless journey, but I think on a, on the right track now. Do you see when you call it the path for self-realization, did you see these six chapters? Did you see that each chapter had to happen in that order? Do you see that this chapter could start without having this prayer? Everything always happened the way it should have happened. Yeah. There is nothing wrong, and and I think as the whole sequence and the whole process, it happened the way it should be. It happened based on my choices that I took in life, and 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 I was in a way that life was showing me that what what has to come in the future, and my so I think everything was in a perfect order. There is nothing wrong. Okay. Yeah. Where can, for everyone who is listening right now, where can they find more information about you, about Awakening Prima? What are the go-to places oh, in yes. the internet, for example? Yeah, Awakening Prima, we are in all the social media. We have our website, awakeningprima.com. We have our Facebook as well, that is Awakening Prima, Yoga Sound and Energy Healing. We have our Awakening Prima on Instagram as well. So the main three social medias, we are there. There. And they Put can them. see videos, they can see f pictures of our activities, a lot of information are there. So I put the links also in the show notes so for everyone who uh, can directly scroll down and then click on it directly, be it directly on your Facebook, Instagram and website. Perfect. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Renato. Thank you very much. Thank you for six, your time. Six yeah. chapters in that book. So look, looking forward to see that book at some point wow. <laughs> in the library. Inshallah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Renato. Thank you very much. Thank you, it's my pleasure. Thank you for your time as well. Thanks. All right. Isn't it calming to listen to this podcast conversation? All I can say, every time I meet him, I feel more calm. And he sends out this peacefulness. Right, hope you liked this more spiritual angle. You can find more about Awakening Prima on the website at www.awakeningprima.com. All links also in the show notes. Interesting to see the shift from the corporate world to find your true passion. Find your true self while helping others in their path. Truly inspiring talk from Renato Koch. All right, look forward to your replies on social media. Just 
never forget, never give up, always look up. I'll see you next time.